Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. Are you looking for ways to improve your Bible study time? Sharpen your skills by taking part in one of our many workshops happening across Canada. Beginning in January, we have workshops at our training center in Brantford, Ontario, including how to study Old Testament history and prophecy on January 12th. You can then use those skills by joining our study program on Daniel Part 1 during the week of February 11 to 15. Be sure to ask us about a special bundle price when you register for both of these workshops at the same time. Has your life been changed by inductive Bible study? Why not invite someone to learn the inductive method in our Teach Me to Study the Bible workshop on January 26th? Looking for a Bible study class? Starting January 22nd, we will be offering a weekly Bible study class through the Book of Hebrews being held at our training center in Brantford, Ontario. Interested in hosting a workshop in your church? Contact our events team today by emailing training at preceptministries.ca and bring the transforming power of God's Word to your community. For more information and to register for any of these workshops or classes, head over to our website at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030. Hello everyone, it's Mark Sheldrake here with Derek K. Mink. We are on Unlocking the Truth podcast Week number four of our series in Advent, we have covered hope and joy, love, and this week we are going to be covering peace. And uh, Derek, I want to start our podcast this week taking uh, back to my younger days, Mm -hmm. now still a slight fan of one Michael Jackson. Okay. And uh, when I was younger, uh, I had the tape. Now, Derek, a tape. I know what a tape is, oh, Mark. okay. All right. <laughs> You're so not that much older than I am. I had the tape, and uh, I had Thriller, and I had um, another album that um, was done by Michael Jackson. I, the name is slipping my mind. But on this album, he had a couple of songs that were fantastic. One was, it doesn't matter whether you're black or white. It seemed like Michael Jackson was trying to make a real movement to bring people together Mm -hmm. in the world. The second song was a really good one. And I can still picture when he was doing it live, and he had all kinds of children in behind him as a children's choir and he was singing Heal the World. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to start with this little chorus from Heal the World and, and just think about it for a minute. Heal the world, make it a better place. I know you want me to sing it. <laughs> for you and for me and the entire human race, there are people dying. If you care enough for the living, make it a better place for you and for me. Do you know, he wrote this song with the purpose of improving not only the environment, but the interaction between man. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I think that he was really pointing to writing this with the purpose of peace. In the 60s, John Lennon of Said Beatles, Mm -hmm. another fan favorite, wrote a song called Give Peace a Chance. Right. Now, there was that huge movement in the 60s, which we weren't around for. No. Um, I don't even know what you would call it. My my mother-in-law, if she listens, she might call it the hippie movement. Yeah. Tie-dye shirts. Yeah. But everybody flashing the peace symbol, mm-hmm. hoping for peace in the midst of war. Yeah, protesting the wars. And... Well... Everybody seems to have this desire for peace. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're going to cover this week as we look at the scriptures confer- concerning Jesus and how he can bring peace. But before we do that, let's pray. Father, we come before you. Uh, we are so thankful for this technology that allows us to discuss you and your son and the topic of peace through our podcast each and every week. Father, as we move closer and closer to Christmas and the celebration of your son, Jesus Christ, we are so thankful that uh, we uh, get to be a part of this and that we get to celebrate your son's birth. We get to celebrate the work that he did here on this earth. We pray that you would guide us through our discussion now. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Luke uh, chapter 2, the angels are um, that multitude of angels that we've talked about already in the past. Uh, They show up in the heavens, in the skies. They are praising God and they are saying in verse 14, it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men whom he is pleased. Why are they saying this? Because Jesus Christ is laying in the manger, officially left his father's side, made lower than the angels, as Hebrews tells us, and is now present on earth, soon to be king, but namely Messiah. Mm -hmm. How cool would it be to see the angels proclaiming this in the skies. I'm, I'm surprised it was only the shepherds that saw them. <laughs> like it would have been, I mean, the multitude, every angel in heaven was, uh, was sent down to, to bring this message to, uh, to the shepherds. And it would have been an absolutely um, incredible sight to see. You know, I've, I've been studying through the book of Hebrews, and uh, there was a question in my Hebrews uh, study that asked me if I had a greater understanding and greater impact on who Jesus was and what he did just out of Hebrews chapter one, mm-hmm. in which if you've ever studied Hebrews and precept upon precept, it will feel like you never get out of chapter one. <laughs> Spent a lot of time in that chapter one. <laughs> anyway, I thought to myself, just as I was answering that question that brings us about to this whole uh, idea of Jesus Um, being present on earth and Mm -hmm. and representing peace is the very fact that even though in this point of my life, I never saw Jesus face to face, 
I still think it would have been absolutely phenomenal to see the radiance and glory of God face to face. Yeah. You know, Hebrews says that he's the exact representation of God. And there's a, a Greek word in the exact representation, which means to morph. Mm-hmm. And it literally, the word morph means that for you to morph and shape into the image of something, mm-hmm. that you actually had to be in the presence of that thing to be shaped into it. Now, this side of the cross, we don't have that ability to uh, completely morph into Jesus Mm -hmm. like Jesus morphed or radiated the exact representation of God, but we do have His Word that we can work through to move to that point. But to be able to witness Jesus in the manger, uh, hearing the angels proclaiming He is, uh, there is peace because of His birth, I mean... That just fires me up. Yeah. I mean, if you could see me, I'm dancing around. No, (laughs) no. Good Baptist boy. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so I want to take us back really quickly because we should go back to where we first see the references to Jesus Mm -hmm. and this whole idea of peace in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah writes, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and what? Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. And so what are your thoughts on verse 6? Well, what I love about this verse is, uh, is of course, Isaiah is pointing towards um, who Jesus Christ is going to be. Um, and Jesus does not disappoint. He comes and he fulfills every single one of these prophecies. Um, and this one, Prince of Peace, um, is one that within the, the context of um, where, when Jesus is actually born, um, the Jewish people are in turmoil. They are not in peace. And so the promise of someone who is going to bring peace um, would ring true for them, that this is something that, that they're looking forward to, that they are desiring, is this, uh, this promised Messiah who will, who will bring peace to them um, in, in, their, uh, in their current time of, uh, of unrest. So peace in the Hebrew, it means shalom, which is a completeness. Mm-hmm. And we'll look at the Greek a little later of what the definition is. But it's contentment, peace and contentment, in relationship. And so the idea is that you have peace with God because of covenant, but you also have peace with others when you refer to that shalom. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to specifically think and talk about for the next few minutes about this peace, this shalom with God, uh, in covenant. Mm-hmm. Because if we were to fully understand peace with God in covenant, we have to go back to where that peace was broken. And this is why it's so vital that Isaiah writes that wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace will come because peace had been broken. That's right, yeah. And we need to go um, back to 
and I wanted to look at Romans chapter 5. And uh, because Romans chapter 5 gives us a very good understanding of the problem. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Romans 5 verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and then death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. So let's do a timeline of the history of Israel. Mm -hmm. But let's start with Genesis. Good precept people, and this is what I told a church I was speaking <laughs> at, is good precept Bible study always goes back to Genesis. Yeah. And so we've gone back to Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3, we know that uh, in Genesis chapter 2, we know that God created two people. That's right. He created Adam and he created Eve, and he gave them instructions. Don't eat the fruit of the tree of uh, righteousness, and so uh, fruit of tree of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so what happened? Well, they ate of it. And the moment they ate of it, they became ashamed, not only of their appearance, because they realized they were naked, mm -hmm. but they also hid from God. And then God banished them from the garden because of their disobedience. Yeah. So when Adam sinned, uh, you and I, everybody, then also, as we are born into the world, have inherited sin. Mm -hmm. So we already have, if we were, let's say, Visa cards. Yeah. When we were born, our Visa card was already in bad standing with the company. We already owed mm -hmm. money. And so the same with our sin, just because we were born into this world, we were uh, sinful. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's what he's saying here. Because of one man's sin entered into the world, death through sin, so death spread to all men. Then, Derek, we know that covenant was made with the Israelites mm -hmm. and Moses. And what, what do we know about the law? Well, God was trying to make a uh, God was making a provision for His people to um, for them to be His people, um, even though they were sinners, even though they had an inherited sin. Uh, what God does is He lays out for them a way in which um, they can continue to be His people um, while they are still on earth. Uh, and so he lays out all of the rules and all of the tradi traditions, all of the sacrifices, uh, and all of the ways in which um, all the things that they would need to do in order to um, be righteous uh, before a holy God. Um, obviously, it's not something that they were able to live up to. It didn't take them too terribly long to fall short of God's standard for righteousness. Um, and so we're already in... Uh, a place of this broken covenant. Right, so God gave us a path. He gave us a path to righteousness through the law. Galatians tells us that the law became a tutor to, show, to so prove what was sin, mm -hmm. and so we could be able to recognize sin. Same as what it says in Romans, for unto the law sin was in the world because of Adam, but sin is not imputed, uh, when there is no law. So you don't know what sin is until sin is pointed out. That's right. And so, uh, but the matter of the fact 
is that because of sin, sin leads to death. Then look at verse 14. It says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. Uh, but the free gift is not like the transgression, for if by the transgression of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. Mm. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the one who, uh, for on the one hand, judgment arose from the one transgression, resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions, resulting in justification. Uh, hey, Paul, what exactly are you saying? <laughs> you know, either it is or it isn't. Yeah. So let's break this down mm-hmm. very simply. Because of sin, you deserve death. That's right. Because of Jesus you are given life. Mm-hmm. And when you have that life and you know that you are in right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus, what do you have? Grace. You have grace. You have life. And peace. Mm-hmm. Imagine having peace in the knowledge that you have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, that his one-time sacrifice on the cross removed your sins as far as the east is from the west in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you can live in peace. Yeah. What we have is what the Israelites didn't have. The Israelites were always in a state of, uh, of anxiety because they were not clean. They were not, uh, their sins weren't covered. Uh, and so there was a, a continuous ongoing um, tradition of sacrifice. Uh, and the moment that they were finished their sacrifice, uh, they went right back into, into their sin. And so um, there was never for them this assurance. They were never at peace in, um, in their knowledge of their salvation. They were never confident because their confidence could only be placed in uh, what they were doing in their own flesh. The gift that we have is that we place our confidence not in who we are or what we have done, but we place our confidence in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that's what brings us uh, that peace. That's right. I mean, listen, what Paul starts Romans chapter Mm 5 with, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm Can you imagine, and I, I, I want to pause and, and bring this to the world. Um, the world right now so desperately wants peace. Mm-hmm. You look at, I think about um, the Gulf War and the war that was done uh, in Iraq uh, many years ago mm-hmm. under, I believe, George Bush. But uh, the, the Iraqi war was the American people going in to remove Saddam Hussein from power mm-hmm. to give the Iraqi people peace. peace. Uh, world War II was uh, in place, and the fighting went on in World War II with the purpose of removing one individual mm-hmm to bring peace to the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the desire of the world. The problem is, 
we will never attain peace in this world mm -hmm. by human beings. Yeah. There's no way. Even when we read about Revelation and we read about the coming of the Antichrist, mm -hmm. the one who will be like a Jesus that yeah. will come, he won't even bring peace. No. He'll bring turmoil. So the Bible even tells us in Romans chapter 8, and I want to point this out, is that even the planet groans and mm -hmm. suffers because of sin. Yeah. The, the planet was subjected, Romans 8, 20, to the futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it to it in hope. Creation itself will be set free from its slavery to corruption into freedom of the glory of the children of God. For you know, you know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. Even creation awaits the Prince of Peace yeah. so that creation can be set at peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the created world even suffers because of the sin of the one man. Um, you know, that, that curse comes not only to humans, but to, um, to all, of, all of creation. Um, so yeah, there is no hope uh, for peace in this world uh, done by human hands. <clears throat> We've tried, um, we continue to try, um, and it's, it's not that it's not a noble cause, um, but if we are trying to attain peace through any means other than or without uh, Jesus Christ, then we are going to fail. So think about the verses in that we even looked at last week, that the government will rest on his shoulders, mm -hmm. the throne, his throne will reign forever. And we talked about last week about when Jesus entered in on the colt in mm -hmm. Palm Sunday, and as he, as he kind of walked down the road towards um, Jerusalem and into the city, that they worshipped and praised him as an earthly ruler who mm -hmm. would bring peace. Now, could you imagine just seven days later, after worshipping the king as he, he walks mm -hmm. in, you know, when a king went to war and he was about to do something mighty, you yeah. know he would ride into the town on a horse yeah. to show his strength and his power. But Jesus rode in on a donkey, uh, which was a very humble thing to do, mm -hmm. the exact opposite of what a, king, a mighty king would do. But imagine just seven days later, Jesus is walking a very similar road through mm -hmm. the middle of Jerusalem, carrying a cross because he is headed to Calvary to have nails in his hands, nails in his feet, mm -hmm. and a crown of thorns placed on his head to be hung and crucified on the cross. Yeah. Can you imagine what the people were thinking when they thought that their mighty ruler, mm -hmm. who would bring peace to this earth, yeah. was now hung, hanging on a cross, uh, sent to death, mm -hmm for being innocent. Yeah, this, this was supposed to be the savior. This was supposed to be the one who was to bring peace uh, in their world. Um, and then they see him arrested and beaten and, and sentenced to death. So um, yeah, again, their, their confidence or their view was only on their, their physical, earthly 
um, peace that they were searching for. Um, what they didn't understand and what we don't knew and what we now do understand is that um, Jesus Christ did, in fact, uh, bring peace and peace so much better than just um, just an earthly peace. You know, one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible is Ephesians chapter 2. I refer to it all the time. Like, I may have even referred to it in the last few podcasts we've done because I just love it so much. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 regarding this lack of peace and contentment because of sin. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, mm. even as the rest. Just as through one man sin entered into the world, sin was credited to all men. Mm -hmm. But chap verse 4 is like my key, ver my key <laughs> verse in this chapter because it starts with the word but, which is a contrast. A contrast in Scripture is showing two opposites. Mm -hmm. In this case, one that is very negative and then one is very positive. But God, rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So Derek, turn back to Romans chapter 5, mm -hmm. because when he says that in Ephesians 2, the gift of God, what does he say about the gift of the gift in Romans 5? He says that uh, it is a free gift. Um, in 16, it's not like that which came through the one who sinned, um, but on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. Yeah, the gift of grace mm -hmm. through Jesus Christ. The gift that Jesus gives us is not like the one that Adam gave us. That's right. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time reconciling that Adam gave me a gift. Yeah. I feel like he gave me a curse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I, the second I left my mother's womb, I had sin. Mm -hmm. Children of wrath, destined for, for death. I didn't do anything, yeah. but I had sin. Mm -hmm. The gift, free gift that arose from many transgressions actually results in justification. You see, the moment we fully understand that when Jesus, he became flesh, when he entered into this world 
and he lay in that manger as the Prince of Peace. If only it was fully grasped that the peace that would come would not be an external peace, Mm -hmm. but an internal peace and knowledge that we have forgiveness of sins through his work on the cross. Yeah, I think I think there's a level of peace that we're satisfied with, um, but then there's a deeper level of peace that is so much better. Um, even when I think about my own household, <clears throat> if my kids are fighting, we're not at peace. If they're separated and quiet, it's nice. But when they are together, when they are playing well, when they are... Um, you know, having conversations, uh, and the the two of them are uh, not just not fighting, but at peace with one another. There's an even deeper level of satisfaction there, and I think sometimes we can get caught up in, well, as long as um, you know I'm at peace with those people in my in my world or in my family, then then that's that's the peace that that God brings. But I think there's something uh, deeper to the peace that we receive through Jesus Christ. So the problem is, and the question I raise, is why do we live as Christians in so much turmoil? Mm. Why do some believers, and I'm not saying all believers, why do some believers live in the constant position of what we would call sitting on the fence, Mm. of whether they're certain that they are in right standing with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. or whether they're uncertain that the work of the cross has actually saved them. You see, because there is no peace when you sit on the fence, right. you're constantly in a, am I saved? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the thing that drives me crazy is when Christians, they say the statement, I better be careful what I say because there will be a lightning bolt that will come and strike me. Mm-hmm. That's not words of confidence or contentment mm-hmm. or peace in their position right. with God. So what do you think? Why, why is there that difficulty of this fence-sitting Christian who isn't at peace in their mind with God? I, I think we keep coming back to this idea of position. Um, and when you don't understand who you were before Christ... Um, and you don't understand who you are because of Christ, um, your salvation becomes something that, uh, that you are doing, that you are attaining. And so you're, you're scared or you're insecure about whether or not you have done enough to be saved without understanding that it is Jesus Christ who has done the work of salvation, that the covenant between God and his people, including between us and God, has been broken Um, And that put us in a position of being not at peace, an enemy of God. Um, But what Jesus Christ does is we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, it says in Romans 5.1. That the death of Jesus Christ fixes, mends uh, that, that broken covenant between us and God. And so there has been a complete change in position from an enemy of God to now being at completely at peace with God. Our position changes from children of wrath to children of grace, uh, who have now been adopted and are heirs of, uh, of the grace of God um, and, and brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. 
When we don't understand our position or how we got there, then we're always going to be apprehensive about whether we've done enough uh, to keep God happy. This is why I think it is so vital for believers to not just study the Word of God. Mm -hmm. I think too many times when I served as a pastor, I told people to read their Bible. Yeah. Go home and read your Bible, but with no purpose, with yeah. no plan. Now that I serve through Precept Ministries, and I know that the inductive Bible study method, I believe, is the answer mm -hmm. to the for the fence sitter, oh, for, sure. for the confidence and the peace that will come because as they study the Word of God, I believe that that's the tool that will teach people how to know the truth mm -hmm. in God's Word. But this is why... Every believer needs to study the book of Hebrews. Yeah. And the book of Hebrews, even though it's called Hebrews, it was for the Jewish people, has so much application for us because when we fully understand Jesus, his character, who he was, where he came from, and what he did for mm -hmm. us, then we can have peace. I'm going to make the statement that I believe that it is the internal mindset that determines your outward actions of whether you are in peace mm -hmm. or you are not. Isaiah 26, verse 3. The steadfast of mind will keep, uh, you will keep in perfect peace. You know, what would our lives be like if we were hanging on the promises of God every moment we felt that we weren't content, mm -hmm. that we weren't living in a position of peace, that we were questioning our salvation, that every time we uh, committed a uh, transgression or a sin where we missed the mark, mm -hmm. that it wasn't going to result in a lightning bolt, that we have a son of God who is sitting at the right hand of the Father who is mediating for us and mm -hmm. saying, that one is mine, forgive them of their sins. Yeah. They've been washed by the blood. It doesn't mean that we're not going to sin in our lives. We still will have sin. We'll have sin until Jesus returns yeah. and brings complete peace and or until we are with him. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't be we fall off the face of this earth. We're going to be destined for wrath again because we've committed a, mm -hmm. a sin. But the value and importance is that we recognize sin and repent of sin. Yeah. So... One more thing we want to cover is because we are children of God, we are not children of wrath, I find that Christmas can be one of the most interesting times of the year. Mm -hmm. Family dynamics are unbelievable, yeah. aren't they? They certainly We're, are. We've got family who are believers. We've got non-believers. We've got... Uh, some families may have non-believers, but even atheists mm -hmm. who don't want to hear about the Word of God. We're living in a world right now where tolerance is one of the most important uh, things. So I wanted to cover, um, if you want to read Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, mm -hmm. and then let's see how we can hammer this out in, in application. What's the difference between what Jesus is telling us and what we see going on in the world when it comes to tolerance. Yeah, G Jesus speaks in Matthew 5 <clears throat> in the Beatitudes, and in verse 9 he says specifically that blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they shall be called sons of God, because that's what the Son of God did. That's who he is. He, he came to make peace. And so when we follow um, the example of Jesus Christ in making peace, then we too are called children of God. Right. And it seems like in this generation that we're living in right now, mm-hmm. and I was talking to my wife, Jessica, and I was also talking to a non-Christian this past week as we were talking about things that seem to easily offend people mm-hmm. these days, that you're not quite sure what you can say because it'll become offensive. Mm-hmm. I just heard last week the term bringing home the bacon is now offensive to vegans. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the other thing that people are dealing with right now is the baby it's cold outside yeah. Christmas yeah. song from like 1940. Right. Everything that is bringing about offense, you know, from every different people group, yeah. out of the position of tolerance and making peace, mm-hmm. people don't say anything. Yeah. We can find that within our own families, that if we have somebody who's like an atheist Mm -hmm. and maybe even something simple as praying for the dinner, we don't want to do it because we're afraid we might offend. Right. And so we're we're attempting to bring about peace, and so we just don't say anything. Yeah. I don't think that's the kind of peacemaker that we're called to be. No. And and I look at... uh, just even prior to recording this, we were talking about the very fact that how Jesus, the first time he came, there was nothing about the peace mm-hmm. that came. He talked about divisions in families. Yeah. And that, you know, because of his name, we'd be hated, we'd be scourged, we'd be beaten, we'd be taken to the courts, mm-hmm. we'd be persecuted because of him. But in his return, he will bring peace. Mm-hmm. How he brings about peace, well, you need to study the book of Revelation, but how he brings about peace, there will be a time when he reigns on earth and this place will be peaceful, Mm -hmm. but there is some actions that will be taken to to bring that about. I don't believe that in the position of tolerance that Christians are called to just close their Mm -hmm. mouths. We have to understand that the Prince of Peace will return, mm-hmm. and he will judge all of what we see going on yeah. to bring about peace. But in our position as peacemakers, uh, what do you think we need to do? What are some practical things that we could be doing? Well, if I, even if I think about what that Christmas gathering looks like, um, that we can, we can try. It's, it's not about bringing peace within our family or within our relationships. We're, we're called to, to bring, to make peace between God and uh, people who do not yet know him um, by introducing them, by telling them about the truth of the gospel. That's the kind of peace that we're going to be able to make as peacemakers is by, um, is by proclaiming the truth about who Jesus Christ is, um, about who he is and, and what he's done, and uh, and that now we're we're so blessed by the grace of God that um, we have the ability to have our position changed. So we are called to make peace not between man and man, but we're called to make peace between God and man. And that's a lot of what the scripture is about. Is about um, 
that, that peace that God is trying to uh, attain with us, and we fall short so many times that he finally sends his son, Jesus Christ, so that never again will we um, have to fall short of, uh, of making peace with him once again. I think he, uh, and Jesus also, he um, expands on peacemakers when he says in verse 44, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Mm -hmm. It's definitely our outward actions that so prove we are children of God. How often is it that when something of offense, even around your own dinner table Mm -hmm. comes, that you automatically want to bark back? And how do we show the love of Christ? Well, as I was telling my wife, it's as easily as inhaling, counting to 10, mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to think through mm-hmm. the reaction. And that's something that we definitely have to do when we spend uh, quality time over the holidays with yeah. people who don't agree with what we have, yeah. what we have to say. And uh, especially when it comes to things like what we're seeing in the world, speaking into politics, speaking into the government, speaking into uh, and taking positions on Christmas songs Mm -hmm. and, and all of those things. Let's, let's do it and focus on the gospel and sharing the gospel versus debate. Yeah. And I think I'm going home for Christmas and it's going to be a big family gathering and, um, my prayer is that there is, uh, there is peace, but there also is opportunity to, to speak the truth of the gospel to people who, who have heard it before, um, you know, but who have maybe moved away from it or, or um, uh, have not forgotten it, but uh, aren't allowing it to inform their lives anymore. Um, and so, you know, if, if things get heated, uh, it's imperative to, like you said, take that time, but to pray for an opportunity to, to speak the truth in a way that is, uh, is out of love, uh, to bring peace in, instead of just to, to be right. Yeah, my hope, my hope over the holidays is that my understanding of the Prince of Peace and the peace that comes through Jesus Christ, that it creates urgency mm. in the fact that uh, time is short. You know, time is very short mm-hmm. on this earth. And uh, I, I'll share quickly with you and, and the listeners on here that, uh, you know, just a few short weeks ago, my dad was uh, diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And so um, I was talking to him this past week, and he says, I am so afraid. And he just starts breaking down and crying about how afraid he is mm-hmm. Um, about the outcome of what is going to happen with this cancer. And in my heart of hearts, I know that God is sovereign. God is in control. I know the word of God. I know the promises. But I also know the promises that come for those that are a child of God. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be looking for opportunities over the holidays to be speaking with my father about the peace that comes through Jesus Christ. All this turmoil that can come through cancer is to come back and say, Remember your position, Mm -hmm. just like we talked about. Know your position, and in your position, 
even though all this other stuff is going around on around, if God determines to take you home because of this cancer, and I don't know that what the outcome would be, is that there will be peace, mm -hmm. peace within uh, position, because you'll be present with the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. You know, my dad proclaims that he is a Christian. And so the opportunity we have over the holidays is to remind him of that truth. And sometimes when we are in the most depths of our difficulties, we, re we forget the peace that we have. Mm -hmm. So I want to encourage you all that uh, you would remember the peace that you have in position, the peace that you have in Jesus Christ. And hang on to his truth and his promises, even as you meet with your family. You mm -hmm. too, you know, yeah. in your difficult family. So have a great uh, holiday. And uh, we've got just a couple more, maybe one more, one more. podcast yeah. left. Yeah. And uh, we can't wait for you to join us for the last podcast before the holidays. So Derek, why don't you close us in prayer? Sure. Gracious Almighty God, we are uh, so grateful for the truth that we find in your word. Um, that we are promised peace. Um, and it's, it's not about um, just feeling good about the world around us or, or feeling good about our relationships with others, but you promise us um, a depth of peace that is so much greater than anything that, um, that we can even understand. And I pray that as we look at our world, uh, we see a world that is not at peace, but we also see a world that is desperately trying uh, to attain peace uh, without you. I pray that, um, that we can bring truth into those situations, that we can proclaim that uh, the peace that we are looking for, that we can receive from you through your son, Jesus Christ. Almighty God, I pray that you will be with all of us as we enter into this Christmas season. I pray that you will give us opportunity to be peacemakers within our, within our families or within, uh, within loved ones. So, Father, I thank you for the peace that you give us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray this all in his holy name. Amen. For more information on Precept Ministries Canada, visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030.